is the Clearly Kosciuszko Podcast, telling the story of Kosciuszko County through the eyes of those who have been here lifetimes and those who have just arrived. The mission of Clearly Kosciuszko is to craft a sense of place and pull all corners of our county together. The story of our community is ever unfolding and needs you. Each month, we'll talk with those involved in our community and invite listeners to play, learn, and grow alongside us. Now, the latest edition of the Clearly Kosciuszko Podcast with your host, Jody Claypool and Ryan Martin. That's right. It is another Clearly Kosciuszko Podcast on a beautiful summer day coming at you live from the third floor of the City Hall offices. That's where the Kedco Studio offices are. We've been here for a nice little chunk of time now, and uh, it's another beautiful sunny day. I'm happy to be here with me as always, my co-host, partner in crime, Jody Claypool. Jody, good to see you today. You too. All right, and we have a special guest with, well, all of our guests are special. I don't know why I say special guests, but... Uh, this I'm guy's a, particularly per- special. Extra, extra special. Super, super special. He's got the secret sauce. Uh, so we're going to talk today with, uh, with with one of the folks in Kosciuszko County that I don't think you can miss this guy. Uh, you can. We'll just tease it this way. If you drive down any road, whether it's city street or county road, at some point in time, you've seen this guy's name because it's all over the place. Jody, do we? Who do we have with us today? Today we have Brian Peterson from. It's Peterson Real Estate. Right? Brian Peterson Real Estate. Brian yes. Peterson Real Estate. Pretty creative marketing name. Well, you know, it's you, aptly, you do what you can. Aptly named. Right. <laughs> uh, Brian, good to have you here today. Nice to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's our pleasure. So Brian uh, is plugged into the community, obviously, because his his uh, job is to wheel and deal in real estate. And so he's, he gets to come to us with a good snapshot of what this area looks like from a family standpoint and from a traffic standpoint. So it's a pleasure to have you. We're looking forward to hearing about it. Well, well thank and, you. And we'll just jump in with that question. I mean, let's, let's put it all on the line yeah, right there before right the we gate. even get to who Brian is and all that. All right, so what is the status of real estate in Kosciuszko County? Just what Jody mentioned, how are things looking here? Summer of 2022, what's your, what's your snapshot read of what we've got going on here? So, you know, Kosciuszko County is not a lot different than the rest of the country in the fact that we've got a large number of people needing and wanting homes, and we have a limited inventory. And... As of right now, when I checked yesterday, there are 82 active homes in the entire county available to purchase for residential. It's 82,000 population, and we have 82 properties. So it doesn't take a math wizard to figure out that you got to be pretty lucky to secure a home in this market. So what does that mean, you know? What does that mean for folks that are coming here, needing to work here? Brian, where are they having to go? And, I mean, the blanket answer is somewhere else. But where do we see any trends as to what that means for this community in terms of trying to get people in here to fill jobs that we have? Well, you know, what it's done is driven up the rental market. So it's very difficult here to find rental housing. And when you do, it's very expensive. Uh, and housing as well. Uh the values of homes keep going up. We're up almost uh, 9% this year. Uh, even when, it, when things are starting to slow down, we're still up. Average uh, median sale price is up 
about 9% according to the uh, state statistics. So, you know, with, with that, with that being said, um, I, I think it's, it's going to continue. Uh, we've got a huge number. Last year, four and a half million people turned 33. The, the age of the home buyer is 25 to 40. That's a pretty big group that needs to buy a home. We're producing about 900,000 new homes a year in the United States. That's about a million less than we were producing per year when the housing bubble happened. And the, the backlog of buyers has just gotten larger. And consequently, for our county, we have a lot of people commuting in here, and I think the big reason is they come here and take a job. They just start looking for housing within 30, 40, 50-mile radius of our area, mm -hmm. and then they commute. Some of them commute permanently. Some of them are commuting with an eye on the market waiting for you know, the right home to pop up. So why are we producing that million less homes than we were when the bubble happened? Is it, is it lack of... Uh, folks doing the building trades now? Is it, is it commodity prices? Is it all of the above? I, I think it's a combination of all of the above. I think when the housing bubble happened, a lot of builders, uh, people in that trade had to go find something else to do. Uh, and they found other jobs that maybe had better benefits, uh, you know, whatever, and they just didn't go back. And, um, and so the fewer builders, uh, it's a more expensive so if you're a builder nowadays, you got to be pretty good uh, with the numbers because material costs are up, labor costs are up, you know, interest rates are rising. So there's a lot of things that we have to keep an eye on as we move forward. Family. Do you see a transition or do you see an opportunity in alternative living uh, options? Tiny homes, campers, uh, trailers? I, I'm, not, I'm not sure. I'm not sure that we have a... A huge need for that from what I can see I think we've got a lot of people that just want a traditional na neighborhood newer home uh, maybe smaller yard uh, nice entrance nice yeah. curb appeal sidewalks you know trails uh, places they can go walk and you know enjoy nature uh, run walk the dog let the kids go play in a Safe park. Well, now and go kayaking and canoeing. That's exactly right. Yeah. More on that probably in a little bit. Uh, one of the things that you did just meant there's a couple of things I, I want to unpack. It, Brian says something, and then my mind just goes multiple different ways. But I want to key in that last statement that you made, wanting a newer home. Uh, is that something that we've seen shift? I mean, when I, when I started out, it was like a starter home was one of those homes that was built you know, 30, 40, 50 years ago, it was small. It probably didn't fit today's standards. It was two bed, one bath, but it was a home to start in. But now you're, you're talking about folks looking at, you know, just wanting right out of the gate a, a newer home. Is that what, what, what constitutes a starter home? And what do you mean when you say a newer home? We're talking new construction, right? Yeah, new, new construction. I think, um, you know, the, the younger folks, they've saved. A lot of them have rented for a while. Mm -hmm. So they're pretty stable financially. And the rates are still pretty low. I mean, I know people are panicking. We're at 5 and 5.4% rate mm -hmm. uh, projected to go a little higher. But when you look at the 50-year average mortgage rate, it's about 7.25%. So we're still well below the 50-year average 30-year fixed rate. So I think people, you know, they don't want a lot to take care of. 
maintenance isn't necessarily, if they've been renting for a while, they've been used to a landlord absorbing all that. So the thought of buying a home that's maybe 50, 100 years old that needs some attention. Yeah, right. You know, peeling paint, whatever the case may be, that may not be as appealing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then obviously with Pinterest, HGTV, all these platforms people can dream and, and look at, that's what they visualize for themselves. Gotcha. So when you walk in an older home, yeah, it's not as exciting uh, to think about. And, and the cost, frankly, of remodeling is pretty expensive. Uh, to go in and buy an older home that you want to make new in this market is, is a little tougher. Um, so. so do you see some shifts then be, uh, going because of that? Because, you know, we have, and let's just take Warsaw a little bit. We're talking about this community. Let's talk Kosciuszko County. A lot of homes in downtown are older homes. So does that, if that mentality persists, wanting a newer, newish homes, are we going to continue to spread outward from the city center and end up with older homes that we can do, quote, nothing with? Or do, is that not necessarily the case either? I, I don't think that's the case because you still have people that need a home and they're tired of renting. A lot of their budgets aren't going to allow them to buy a new home because a starter home, let's face it, a starter home nowadays is about 300000 mm-hmm. By the time you get a new lot and a new home, your last year, I think 80% of the new construction sales were ranches and about 1,860 square feet, and most of them are slab. Mm-hmm. Um, that's an average of 175 to $78 a square foot. So you start doing the math on that. I mean, people talk about we need starter homes at 150, 180, 200,000. Unless we get major subsidies from government and other sources, that's not going to be feasible because you can't expect a landowner to donate the land. You can't expect a developer to develop the land for free. And you can't expect a builder to not want a profit. Mm -hmm. So when you factor all those things in, we have to look at the reality, and the reality is these new construction starts that we have happening around the area is creating these older homes that can allow somebody to have their first home. Yeah, right. So oftentimes what they're renting, some of these homes aren't the nicest and most updated, and, and their mortgage payments on an older home is going to be less than the rent. Mm-hmm. So, so I still think you're going to have – that segment that they're going to be okay with that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, let's pivot a little bit, unless Jody, you want to keep talking. I was going to pivot to commercial. I mean, because we're That's, talking yeah, let's talk commercial. So, I mean, if we're trying to uh, build a a give it a try to use one of your words at the community, let's talk about the business climate. What? How's the commercial real estate market? How is this area shaping up as a place to be able to build a business? You know, um, it's interesting. Uh, you bring that up because we have a lot of smaller businesses spawning now. A lot of them are coming here to get close to the medical device sector. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's a lot of people uh, bringing in engineers to do prototyping. They need small office space so they can be close to the orthopedic company so they can collaborate back and forth and help create products that they can eventually maybe sell the license of these products to the larger companies to bring to market. So we're seeing more of that. Um, we had a 
a fairly large company, and I heard the CEO, and, and they just sold. Um, but he started a company here. He was with one of the larger companies and, and uh, moved on from that, whether it was his choice or the companies, I'm not sure, but he started a very successful company, mm -hmm. sold it, but he came from the East Coast and came here 12 or 13 years ago. And he said when he moved here, he's been a lot of places in the country and lived and worked, and he told his wife, I'm starting my company here in Kosciuszko County. I don't think there's a better place. He found the talent he needed, low cost of living, plenty of things to do. We got abundance of natural resources. And he started a company from scratch, I think it was five or six years ago, and just sold it for, for a nice, nice you know, return. And I, and I thought that was a great story. Um, and so you know, I think that's just one example of what we have to offer. And you know, when I have people coming in here to meet, oftentimes I might be the first person they talk to when they come to look mm -hmm. around. Right. And I just drive them around the area and I tell them, I say, you know, a lot of people I work with, they come here for a job and they end up staying for the lifestyle change. Right. The job brought them here. They thought, well, we'll make this community work, not planning to be here long term. And then three jobs later, they're still here because right. they love it. Their kids love it. You know, and, and I find that often to be the case. So what are those draws? What are the things that you like to highlight for people who are coming to the area? So I think that, you know, we have, uh, again, as I mentioned, a lot of natural resources. We've got uh, hiking trails. Like you talked about, we've got rivers, streams for canoeing. We've got 102 lakes, so if you're into boating, uh, you have that to offer. You know, we have, we have Wagon Wheel. We have a vibrant downtown, the village of Winona Lake. There's all kinds of activities going on in the village of Winona Lake through the summer months. Uh, so we have great schools. When you look at our school system, what we have to offer, uh, there's plenty of opportunity for kids to develop and grow uh, within our schools. We have an excellent college in Grace College. We got Ivy Tech. There's just a, a lot of things that we have to offer, and then we have great jobs. When you look at what you can get paid here, with just a really good, you know, manufacturing job here, and you look at our low property taxes, uh, you know, quality restaurants we have are good. I, I still think we could we could use some more, but obviously, staffing issues hinder that some. But we have a lot of high quality restaurants, uh, uh, and then the proximity to uh, Chicago, South Bend, Fort Wayne, and Indianapolis. I mean, you can go on a weekend and go any direction and have all kinds of activities to do. So let's, uh, let's pivot. So you, you've laid out a good case for everybody else uh, coming here, and, and, and that's good. So let's talk about Brian a little bit. Uh, what's your backstory? Are you, are you a lifer like some of the people that we've talked to, or what brought you here, and just how, how is – give us Brian's backstory and how Brian Peterson Real Estate came to be. Well, um, this probably comes to surprise to a lot of people that may not know me well, but I grew up southwest of here, 25 miles mm -hmm. on a large family farm. So I actually grew up a farmer, and I would have been a fifth generation in the family, but I broke the mold and um, went off to college. I graduated from Manchester, which is now Manchester University. When I was there, it was Manchester College. And I started out in finance. I started in the, the banking world and quickly realized that I was on the wrong side of the desk. I got to meet a lot of entrepreneurs and successful business people, and I thought, you know, I need to be on the other side. 
had an opportunity to get into orthopedics. And so I went to work for Biomet um, in the late 90s as a product manager in marketing. I really enjoyed that role, but what I didn't enjoy and I saw in me in the marketing side of it is a lot of travel. And me growing up on a family farm, my mom and dad were always around. They were there with me every day. And I wanted that culture within my household. So I shifted over uh, in early 2000 over into pharmaceuticals and had a very successful pharmaceutical career over about 14 years. Um, and during that time period, um, I started acquiring rental properties. I wasn't a big person in the stock market. I didn't, growing up with the ag background, real estate was always near and dear to my heart. And uh, I've always enjoyed real estate. And so I started buying rental properties um, and accumulated uh, quite a lot. Um, and I, I realized there's, I had a hobby and passion for that. And the, phar the pharmaceutical sector changed. The federal government put in some guidelines as I couldn't take doctors golfing, couldn't take them out to lunch, dinner, had to be careful with all that. So my role as a salesperson really changed. And honestly, I, I didn't really enjoy the business the last three years I was in it. I didn't really feel like I had a purpose. When I woke up every day, I'm like, this isn't, you know, got close to 40 years old. And I'm like, I'm done with this. I, I need to be done. So I, I transitioned out of the corporate life and things were going really well. I mean, a lot of my friends are like, what, what's wrong with you? What are you doing? <laughs> but I, I got my real estate license in 2008 just to get it. So I, I held it in referral for a couple years, and then 2010 hit. My company got acquired, and I had the opportunity to, to move on. I got a generous package, uh, which gave me the perfect chance to, to get out. My wife wasn't as excited because 2010 still wasn't a great time to enter the real estate world. It was still pretty slow. Um, and I spent a few months just contemplating, is this really what? what God wants for me, is this what I want? And one thing led to another. In March 1st of 2010, I dove in uh, head first into the real estate market. And it's been an awesome ride uh, ever since. Um, and so we've grown every year. Um, and in 2014, uh, went out on my own um, and then uh, built, a, built a new building on Center Street next mm -hmm. to the building I started in on my own and have have an amazing team uh the team that i have i it's just a blessing i would have never thought that that i could have the people around me that i have and there's no way that we would be i would be where i'm at today without the people that support what we do so what's it like being because you, you you struck out on your own you kind of uh Brian Peterson Real Estate is not, from what I can see on the signs and all that, it's it's not a Century 21 or a Remax or, or anything. So what's it like to start something on your own away from that big national corporate kind of umbrella? What Talk a little bit about that, about starting out. So, you know, the, the, the cor big corporate uh, brokerages have their advantages. Um, they're great. Uh, they have good marketing tools. <clears throat> we... Growing up, or having gone to school with the marketing background, and, and my main admin is excellent at marketing, uh, Fabiola, uh, we were always doing our own stuff. So when you're with a franchise, sometimes you can't maybe be as creative as you want to be because you got to stay within 
the -hmm. requirements they have, which is understandable. And we just kept, you know, doing our own thing. And one, one day I said, do we really need to be, you know, with the franchise? And the answer was, no, probably not. And I have what I call personal board of directors. I have men in this community that have been successful at their businesses, uh, whatever they're in. And I meet with them on an ongoing basis, and I ran it by them. And they're all like, you can do this on your own. You don't need... And I wanted to create a whole new name, mm-hmm. get my name. I wanted my name to be out of it. Um, and they're all like, you got to keep your name in. That would be the worst thing you could do. But I... I just, I didn't really like seeing my name out there, and I thought, I want to do something different, more creative, and they're like, and I'm so glad they they encouraged me to keep it the way it is, um, and now that now that we're here, but 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 like I said, it it was felt like a calculated risk, mm-hmm. um, and it was a great move, uh, because we've continued to grow every year since. Um, in fact, in, for three years prior to COVID, prior to 2020, I had this stretch goal of sales I wanted to meet, and we were just falling short each year. And in March of 2020, I told the gals, I said, well, we're not going to meet the goal this year, so we just start focusing on 2021, and 2021 keeps evolving. Next thing I know, we get to the end of the year, and we blew past the, mm-hmm. the goal that we had set three years prior stretch goal and, and who would have thought, um, you know, in, in the year of COVID that pandemic that we would have had our, our best year ever. Yeah. Um, you had talked, uh, about some of the amenities of this area, uh, distinct amenities for this area. Um, from a restaurant standpoint, I, I also really enjoy the restaurants. <laughs> Do you have a favorite? Um, probably, probably my go-to is Boathouse just because of the closeness and the easy to get in. Don't necessarily have to have reservations. Um, so I, I can usually go there. Well, that explains. Uh, it's on my way home. From that the explains office. when we had our sit down, why we went to the Boathouse. It's, uh, Brian Peterson's home base. Okay. I get it. Yeah. I get it. But, but no, I, I mean, there's a number of restaurants, uh, Cerulean 110 downtown. Sure. Downtown's my go-to for lunch. Uh, Oak and Alley uh, is an awesome venue. So there, there's a number of you know high quality yeah. restaurants. We've got Ledgeview now out out west of town. A lot of folks aren't aware of. They have an awesome venue. Yeah, they're kind of tucked back there. So so you know we we are blessed and we have a lot of talented. You know we got Noah Noah and Spikes. That's a great place. I was just there the other night. So you know you can't you can't beat to what we have to offer and i think a, a lot of people even come here out of area to to dine and but it's challenging to get in and it, it's just supply and demand right we've got a lot of people that that want to go out to eat and we have a limited number of high quality offerings to to go to fantastic what do you uh, what do you and your family like to do for fun um so we're, our, my kids are active. I've still got a freshman in high school. She's at, active in athletics, so we spend a lot of time, you know, going to her events. Uh, we travel. Um, uh, so my wife and I, we go to Florida often. 
as often as we can get there, especially the winter months. Mm -hmm. We take a lot of long weekends. Um, and then I'm interested in golf. Uh, so that's outside of real, real estate's really, frankly, my hobby and passion. I don't, in fact, I get upset at the gals at the office if I hear them calling at work. Uh, you know, and they feel the same. We feel like we're doing our hobby and passion tied into one. So when I'm not doing that, I, I enjoy golfing. Um, that's my main in fitness. Uh, I, you know, I, I enjoy working out and trying okay. to take care of myself. Fewer golf courses than there were here 15, 20 years ago. But what's your, what's your go-to? Uh, let's see. We've got Stonehenge. We've got Raccoon Run. We've got Rosella. Where, 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 what are we talking? Where's your go-to? So, so Raccoon Run is no longer. Okay. Um, as you know now, that's turning into housing. Yep. Um, so we've got, uh, yeah, Rosella Ford, Stonehenge, uh, Tippecanoe Lake, mm -hmm. Max Welton. Yep. We have a lot of quality courses in the county to go play. Uh, frankly, you know, I enjoy them all. Um, <laughs> but, but I have a group I regularly play with at Tippy Lake. And, okay. and then I live near Stonehenge. So I get out there. My daughter plays right. a lot there. So I spend time with her uh, out there practicing and and playing so so we are we are blessed to be able to to have those drawing cards for those enthusiasts and golf has picked up you know with the pandemic a lot of people didn't have a lot else they could do and the, the golf industry really i think got a shot in the arm uh as a result of of the pandemic well it needed it because uh, for everything i was hearing is you know, millennials and gen z they don't, they don't play golf anymore. They don't want to play golf. So the pandemic, giving it a shot in the arm, sounds like it's what it, was, what, what it needed overall. Yeah, no, I, I, think, I think it's definitely helped. And, um, so, and, and I, think, I think that'll continue, in my opinion. Fantastic. What else, Jody? Well, uh, where, do you th where do you see things going here in the next two years? From, uh, from a local area standpoint, from a housing standpoint, um, Give us a give us the Brian Peterson projection. So, uh, you know, uh, the city did some data, and they needed about 750 new housing starts within city limits of Warsaw, and I think there's about 300 right now on the books to get started. So we've got a little bit still of shortfall. We're making progress. Um, so we've got a number of new housing starts that's going to help, I think, alleviate some of the shortage and hope, hopefully help some of these folks commuting, give them an, give them an option. Where, to, where are those starts at? Are they localized? Are yeah, they? they're, they're localized. So, so, so Raccoon Run um, is, is a project that's starting. Uh, I believe uh, they're starting, Park Ridge is starting an expansion. There's going to be a development Greenbrier off of 350 North that's out by the airport. We got Gateway Grove out over here by the old Madison School just west of downtown. Uh, they, they've got starting, I believe, uh, out off of old 30, they're going to be starting a development across from the highway to garage, highway garage. Okay. Um, so, so there's a number of, uh, developments that is in the works and I think there's more to come. Um, and, and there's going to be some townhome, there's going to be a townhome project out, uh, next behind a credit union next door to pediatrics just behind the orthopedic. Oh, yeah, uh, John Kidd's doing that one. Yeah. Yes, it'll be 32 units going yeah. there. I think that'll be a really nice project. Um, so, 
we're creating some opportunities uh, that I think will be much needed. And I think, you know, my opinion is our community with our skilled labor pool, the medical device sector and the growth opportunity there, you know, I feel we're fairly insulated. But I do think we've got to provide these housing options so that when people come here to interview for a quality job, they know where they're moving in 30 or 45 days. Because that's a think about it. When you're thinking about moving your family from somewhere else yeah. to a new area, new schools, you know, the first thing the spouse usually asks is where are we going to live? Mm -hmm. And if they're like my wife, they're not going to be interested in possibly taking a step backwards from what they have, mm -hmm. you know. So they're going to want to live somewhere comparable to probably where they're moving from with the amenities probably they're used to. So I think we have to keep an eye on that whole, you know, uh, demographic mm -hmm. and, and what they're wanting. And, and I feel like with what we have working with the city, the county, uh, I feel like there's a lot of wheels going in the, the right direction to make all that happen. So, so you're a former ag boy. I shouldn't say former. Your family, family still owns and operates the farm? Yeah, so, so my dad retired about 17 years ago, but uh, my, my uncle took over with his son-in-law, mm -hmm. uh, my mom's brother, and he recently retired. So it's my, uh, my cousin uh, and her husband basically rent the farm. Sure. Farm from, from my father, the farmland. So, you, you, you know, and I get this from the way you talked about your personal story. You, you, you get started by, by acquiring rentals. So you, you, you understand the value of property. It's funny. I taught a class on ag and commodity marketing at Grace last fall and gave them a project that they started with acreage and full 50% of the class for their projects, they sold everything. And that led to us having a discussion of never, 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 ever, ever sell land. That, that's not for this discussion. But um, knowing the value of land like you do, how do we navigate then these new housing starts? If we have 350 that you said we're in the city limits, how do we navigate the pulling egg land out of production to try and tackle this housing issue if and when it comes to that because I, I have an opinion I want to know what Brian Peterson's opinion is is how we how we continue to try and maintain ag land productive ag land yet also address the housing issues that we have well I I think it's very critical obviously that we do maintain mm -hmm. the ag land and you know the city has created TIF districts within you know the community mm -hmm. basically land that's touching what's already in city limits mm -hmm. or that can be easily annexed in because we want to be able to provide sewer and water obviously to any new housing starts the septic way is kind of a way of the past we don't know what the future is going to hold with epa and everything else with doing septic systems with new construction so uh, that's that's really going to be important plus when you annex in that increases the population and city limits, and one of our one of our detriments in trying to recruit uh, like the targets of the world, larger restaurants, they sit in their ivory towers and look at data. Well, our population for city of Warsaw, when you look at it, it looks like it's about little fifteen thousand, fifteen thousand five hundred. When the reality is, we have thirty-five to forty thousand population within a four or four and a half mile radius of our courthouse. 
It's because a lot of these developments were done in farmland, mm -hmm. and they weren't, they're in the county. They're not part of the city. So that doesn't count. Those neighborhoods don't count as city population. Mm -hmm. So, you know, moving forward, we want to make sure as we plan that we have those incorporated so that we can grow appropriately so that these businesses can see, hey, there is an opportunity. That demographic works for our model, you know. So I think with the farmland thing, if we focus on keeping it tight, you know, it's going to be a gradual growth from around our core mm -hmm. that, that we've already started. And there's already sections, if you look at maps, that, that we can, you know, develop. Right. So it's interesting. When that discussion comes to light, I think it's good because I do know, I do know a good number of people that are in those developments that are in the county outside the city specifically because they want to be there. They don't want to be mm -hmm. in the city. So that's going to be a very interesting discussion and one that we don't have time for, uh, this one here. But uh, that, that, that will develop uh, into something very interesting, I think, in the, in the days ahead. Jody, uh, probably time for the signature question. Okay. Yeah, have you listened to any, any of the episodes? I, I have not. Okay, so oh. every episode we ask this question. And it's, uh, it's kind of a verbal Rorschach uh, we just want to get your take on what it means. So this is the Clearly Kosciuszko podcast, okay? Mm -hmm. And we want to know what Clearly Kosciuszko means to you. I, I think it means that um, we have a lot to offer. Um, we're a very safe community. There's a ton of job opportunities. Um, we have great schools. Um, your kids can go and learn a lot of different trades. Um, when you look at our graduation rate, it's, it's really high. Um, so I, I think that, you know, uh, we're clearly a good option for a lot of people. And when you're, we're, we're getting a lot of people moving here from Illinois. They're tired of maybe when you look at the bureaucracy and everything that's happening over there, people are, are coming from other states looking at our areas. Wow, this is a place that I can be free. We can go live. We can go enjoy what nature has to offer. So I think when you look at all those things, um, I, just, I just think we're a great option for a large number of people. Good answer. Brian, what did we miss? What else do you want to talk about here? This is, uh, we'll give you open mic here for two minutes and 32 seconds. Um, you know, I think that it's important for people uh, in, in these difficult times that we're in um, to not panic. Uh, there could be some, you know, the next uh, year to two years could be a little bit treacherous. But again, I feel like we have a vibrant community here. We got a lot of high-quality people. I think our community, we need to focus on one another and what our opportunities are right in front of us. And I feel like, you know, we're pretty insulated uh, in our jobs, the sectors that we have. So I, I think if we all work together uh, as one, um, we're going to have a lot of great opportunity uh, in years to come. And, and I'm excited for that. So hopefully everyone else feels the same. And, and I look forward 
five to ten years from now to looking back and seeing, you know, where we've grown to. That's Brian. Brian Peterson Realty Group. Brian, a website for you? Yes. Uh, you can check us out at brianpetersonrealestate.com. And we have a number of different links on that website so you can learn everything from real estate to what's going on in the community on that site. And hopefully by the time that you check it, there are more than 82 active active listings, active homes for sale. Hopefully we get that number a little bit higher. Brian's going to do his part. Brian, thanks for stopping by today. Thank you, guys. Have a great day. All right. Jody, good to see you again as always. You're listening to the Clearly Kosciuszko podcast. We will have another update for you here, another episode in two weeks. Stay tuned. Have a great day. Clearly Kosciuszko is a countywide voice created in partnership between the Lilly Center for Lakes and Streams, Kosciuszko County Convention and Visitors Bureau, Kosciuszko Chamber of Commerce, and the Kosciuszko Economic Development Corporation. If you're seeking a day trip or a weekend getaway, a place to start your business, or a flexible location for a corporate conference, Clearly, Kosciuszko will connect residents and visitors with the right resource throughout the county. Thanks for listening.